everyone and welcome back to the Grad Life podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Will O'Brien to the podcast. Will is Vice President and Head of Growth and Government Affairs with Zip Mobility, a Dublin-based e-scooter operator rooted in the idea of mobility done right. Will studied economics and finance at UCD and instead of pursuing traditional routes such as consulting, investment banking and finance like many of his fellow grads, he chose to dive headfirst into the world of entrepreneurship. Hey Will, how are you doing? Thank you so much for joining me. Hey Shiva, how are you getting on? I'm good. How are things over in Zip? Good, good. Busy as ever. Um, you, the start of the year is always an interesting thing um, because we're planning out where to go next and that sort of thing. And um, It's a big decision deciding to lump a few hundred scooters into a city. Um, it can be real life or death when you're making such a big investment. So uh, yeah, some some good conversations there, and yeah, lots of lots of things happening. Lots of new countries we're we're keeping an eye on and, and looking to go into this year. Yeah, no, it sounds so exciting. And like I, for those who don't know, I actually spent a summer, two summers ago now, working in Zip, and since then it's just been amazing to follow your progress. And just you've got you guys have come so far. I feel it's like hard to believe. Hard to believe that was whatever two summers ago now, isn't it? It feels well it, for us like Zip is a weird thing, like. of 2020 uh and other days it it feels like you know like 10 years ago because so much has happened between now and then yeah yeah I'm gonna take it right back if you don't mind um to your time in UCD and your decision to study Ek and Phi because I suppose that's maybe it's not where it all started but I'm sure you wouldn't disagree that your university years were probably fairly formative in where you ended up now yeah for sure like really formative um yeah no they, they were very formative years um i suppose that's like where where it was while i was in uc is where i met charlie charlie's the ceo and founder of zip um it is like we're based in nova ucd um which is on the ucd campus and um, putting us in close proximity to uh to where i was studying every day so i bumped into charlie and i met up with him for a coffee uh while i was in my last year I think of college so yeah um definitely you know that as well as the education I got here definitely put me on um, a path to where I am now. Yeah and you I suppose you grew up in Cork and how was moving up to UCD or how did you I suppose decide that economics and finance was the course for you were there any specific careers you had in mind when you chose EconFi or kind of how was that thought process kind of what was the thought process like? Yeah, um, I, I, I kind of went through different phases, to be honest. Like um, when I was like a kid, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I want to be an astronaut. Then I was like, oh, I'm going to be a scientist. Then I was, I was going to be an, inve- an inventor. Then it was like, I'm going to be a doctor. Uh, there was probably a rugby player phase in there, too, which was because <laughs> I was crap at rugby. But <laughs> um, then I think coming up to like fourth, fifth year school, um, I actually was looking at veterinary um, and I was working part-time in a vet, a vet. I was particularly interested in like exotic animals and stuff like that. And I was lucky enough to work with a vet in Cork that had the um, contract for, for photo. So I was able to see like lots of cool things. Like, like, got to see things like uh, giraffe calves and that kind of thing. Um, got to see cheetahs up close while working there and uh, got to see lots of cool things like that. Um, and also got to work with other uh, vets. I worked with a large animal vet for a while when I was in um, 
in fourth year as well. So I was kind of like very obsessed with that career route for quite a while. And uh, then it was kind of uh, fifth, sixth year, I was kind of having second thoughts about it. Like I, I saw large ammo vets and that's a, you know, that's a way different uh, kettle of fish to your regular uh, small animal vet because, you know, a farmer, the way they look at their, their animals there they look at them like a business asset so it's more yeah. like being an accountant than it is being a doctor which is what a small animal vet is because people will pay whatever they want to to get their their fluffy little dog fixed maybe not so much to get their their cows uh ailments treated so i i kind of came to the realization then that this like veterinary is really a vocation similar with kind of careers like medicine you're doing a lot of study before you can ever get up off the ground um I also felt I could be a bit constrained in in kind of a, a career like veterinary like you know okay what's the the, the peak of, of that profession okay it's maybe to get some uh you know speciality in a, a certain field treating a certain disease maybe having a nice practice that covers um you know two or three practices in a, in a city but you're kind of constrained there's you know, out of all of the problems going on in the world, you're, you're, I didn't feel like um, it's somewhere where you could have a lot of impact, if you know what I mean. Like you are, you're doing great things for the people you're working with. We're working with small animals, we're working with large amounts, whatever. But um, I did kind of have what want something, but maybe a bit more upside. So um, I had a look at the business courses then. I wasn't too enamored by doing something like, you know, commerce or anything like that, or those kind of courses, mainly because um, I'm more of a numbers person. And I wanted to study maths for a while. So I was looking at courses in maths. I couldn't really motivate myself there because I was kind of hard to see what the career opportunities would have been then in doing something like maths. I liked maths in school. I was good at it. Um, so I was looking at studying pure maths for a while, but then I, found, I came across second five and uh, really strong quantitative part of that course, while also giving you a good grounding in the basics of economics, finance and business. So it seemed like that sweet spot there. Um, so it seemed like something where, yeah, have good career opportunities afterwards, but you're not constrained to just one career type. It, it, it's really open-ended. So that's where I eventually settled on. I never made the decision to leave Cork. And uh, I think some people do do that. I never did that. Uh, I love Cork still to this day. Um, and I'd happily move back. It just happened that the course I wanted to do that combined business and, uh, you know, quantitative maths and, and that sort of thing was in, um, was in Dublin. Yeah. And I suppose it's interesting that you spoke about, you know, obviously veterinarians, they have an impact, but I suppose it's more on like, a smaller scale and it's hard to build that impact and so when you did decide that economics and finance was the course for you did you initially starting off was entrepreneurship something you saw as the end goal where your impact would be or did you think maybe did you know I suppose what your career was going to be or going to look like or how did that evolve throughout university yeah uh no like I, I didn't really have a clue what I wanted to do kind of going into my first year of college I suppose like maybe at a subconscious level I understood that uh entrepreneurship was a route because it's what my dad does he has his own uh, businesses and and so my granddad did the same and sorry my my granddad on my mum's side as well was also an entrepreneur and like uncles and stuff have done their own thing so um and my mum even ha had her own business as well um 
for for a while. Um, so, um, yeah, I was always conscious that it was there, but I didn't really know much in first year, to be honest. Like, and um, in hindsight now, like your college course definitely is not a determinant of what uh, your late stage career will look like. Um, but uh, no, I went in first year fairly open minded. There's, you know people in Eggenfire were typically looking at the banks for jobs, so banking or trading in London um, or, you know, staying in Dublin and working in one of the algo trading houses like SIG or Citadel. Uh, others were looking at consulting, um, you know, McKin McKinsey, Bain, BCG, and a few of them have ended up there. Uh, others were looking at corporate finance in Dublin and that kind of thing. And I was kind of looking at all of them, but also had startups on the side. So was, um, I got involved in ISEF uh, early on in college, uh, which is the Irish Student Entrepreneurship Forum. And I was involved with that for two years on the committee running that. That was a competition for student entrepreneurs. So that was great. Got to meet a lot of interesting people there. And yeah, like I suppose I just informally kind of built a bit of a network in startups. And uh, actually looking back now, that's actually been kind of helpful because before I took the job in Zip or decided to, to go, um, you know, full on and join Charlie with uh, the Zip um, the Zip business. Um, I was able to ask them, oh, what do they think of micromobility and stuff like that? And what do they think of this industry? And and that was really helpful as well. Um, so, um, yeah. And was it ever, not difficult necessarily, but maybe kind of tricky for you when you, because you entered Zip very quickly after you graduated, um, pretty much instantaneously, would I be right in saying? Yeah, yeah, like literally I finished exams on the Friday and I was moving up to Dublin the next, moving back up to Dublin, May 2020, the next uh, Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, so that was like a quick, I suppose, like transition. And was there any, any like doubts in your mind? That's where you want to start off. Was there any kind of big decisions you had to make um, like in relation to that? Or was it very much the case you heard about Zip, you researched it, you talked to people and obviously you knew Charlie and that was where you knew you wanted to be or were there other, were there other paths you could have taken, I suppose? Yeah, yeah there was like, um, I, uh, like my initial plan was, um, I wasn't too enamored by any of the typical grad routes. So I was looking through a master's and uh, do it in the field of social data science. So that's, you know, standard data science stuff, but applying it to social science data sets. So, you know, you could have applications there in government, you could have applications there in the NGO sector, um, in research, loads of different areas. And I was just like, this is like an intellectually similar thing to do for a year. Uh, I would like to do it. So I, um, yeah, I have been accepted to uh, Imperial in London to do that and the London School of Economics. And uh, there was also a few other programs I was waiting to hear back from um, in the UK and Ireland uh, in that field. And I'd accept, I'd, I'd gotten um, offers for all those places when I was starting Zip. So at the start, I wasn't like a hundred percent. I was like, yeah, look, this could be a good thing to do for the summer. But then after like two weeks, I think I can remember saying to Charlie being like, yeah, like I'm not going back to, <laughs> to college after this because, uh, well, first of all, I think there's something that not a lot of people talk about in business. And it's like what people informally call like <laughs> vibes, like it's, I completely underestimated the importance of like how well you get on with people you work with and um, 
especially in a small team, it's so important. And like the first two weeks, it was myself, Charlie, and um, Ben was there as well. You were kind of joined after a few weeks, and um, we had Lorcan as well, and Dave, and a few others joining. And it was just great crack, and I was really enjoying it. The work was super interesting. We were trying to break into the 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 UK e-scooter sharing market. We were applying to different cities every second every week for licenses. So it was so exciting. Like and um, you know, me at whatever 22, 23 um, was getting the opportunity to like lead the team that was uh, sending all these uh, applications for licenses in the UK. Um, so like I was like, what? I'd be mad to go back into into a masters or something like that if this is the exposure and the fun I'm having. So um, yeah, definitely wasn't like I was definitely interested in scooters because. You know, scooters are a great way to bring sustainability to a city's um, transport mix. And also, I've just always been super interested in like public services, uh, you know, your education, health, transport and how you can improve them. So um, that was what brought me in. But then, yeah, it was brought in by that. But then it was like, this is good crack. And I'm, I'm also doing some interesting, challenging work here. So that's what um, made me stay. Yeah, no, and obviously this is a unique episode in that I obviously worked in Zip and worked with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, from that perspective, like I 100% agree with what you said. I mean, I was just on second year that summer and I had never, you know, that was my first, I really was like in the deep end. But I think to this day in all the stuff I've done and like all the internships, the my time in Zip has been the best. Like it's been the most invaluable, I think. Yeah. And- we all learned so much. Um. So when you speak about the decision not to go back to the masters, I'm like, to me, that makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and uh, Shiva, you might think you were in the deep end, but we were all in the deep end. <laughs> and I think that's nearly the, well, we mightn't have looked at it like we all were. And, yeah. uh, 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 and I think that's one of the nice things about startups is like, you're, you're rarely comfortable. And if you're comfortable, if you're having a quiet, maybe week or two weeks, it doesn't last long because yeah. you're typically low on time, you're low on money. And so you have to get very creative a lot of the time. And uh, yeah, yeah it, it's definitely, it definitely can be stressful. And I think we worked like, I think that entire summer we were doing 80 hour weeks, 70 hour weeks, most weeks. So it was definitely like when you're coming to the end of August, it was like, Jesus, like, um, but yeah, we made it, we made through it and yeah, it was definitely a great experience and it puts Zip in a great position. It really is a, one of our best, our company's best achievements to date. So, um, that was, um, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a fun summer. Even when we got all the licenses, I remember, I think it was like for most, I think for all of us, it was probably the biggest, like the best thing that we ever achieved in all of our lives and probably will be because, you know, we'd been so, we had been the underdogs, whether, you know, we want to. It, it, it might be worthwhile. It might be worthwhile even just explaining the context of what this summer yeah, looked like for, yeah. for people. So basically, um, we were a you know about a five or six person team um, who started off working from a hotel room in uh, in uh, Charlie's parents, uh, uh, the CEO, his parents' hotel. We started working there, um, and uh, what we were working on were applications. Uh, app, uh, we call them tenders and um, we're sending them to city councils across the UK and um, at the start of the summer 2020 the UK government had just uh, announced that they were going to legalise e-scooters and they're giving city councils a two to three month window to select uh, an operator partner that they'd like to 
partner up with to deliver these shared e-scooter services. So these shared e-scooter services are things you log on with an app and pretty simple to use. You scan onto your scooter um, and it costs between two and three euro per pounds for a journey and um, depending on how long you're on the scooter. And, and these are the services we were bidding to, to operate on behalf of local authorities. But with the minor uh, caveat of we'd never done it before, yeah. we, we, hadn't, uh, we hadn't launched a service before. There was members of the team that had done it with other companies, um, but as if as an entity hadn't uh, done one before. And also like, you know, we, we weren't as well capitalized as the others. The, there was Bird and Lime there who were billion dollar companies, other operators uh, who were who bidding, uh, who are now billion dollar companies. Um, and we were a startup with a few uh, hundred thousand, um, I think it was about 300,000 seed funding and, um, you know, working out of a hotel and then we moved into Nova UCD. So, um, yeah, being underdogs, I'd say it was an understatement. Yeah. Um, we had a fraction yeah. of the team size, we had a fraction of the budget, and there was about, but the thing was we were more nimble. We were, we were able to react more quickly to a, a license that was posted. If, um, you know, Buckinghamshire Council posted that they wanted these schools, we could get a response done really quickly because we were a small team that were super focused on the objective and uh and super passionate about it as well we weren't a large clunky uh, organization that might have taken three days to even realize that this notice had gone up that they wanted these scooters yeah and i think you know from hearing even you speak about that there definitely were a lot of challenges which maybe at the time you or i probably didn't really see as challenges and um, but looking back now probably a year and a half on can you kind of identify what the challenges were going straight from college to the fast-paced startup and um, did you find it difficult to manage the team and kind of the deadlines because to me it seemed like Will had everything in control um, you, he didn't yeah. let on if that was the case but like looking back do you think that it was a challenge or kind of what did you learn from that? Oh yeah, like it was a huge challenge. Like, but I suppose, like, she for like, it's a bit like kind of fight or flight, you know. And um, if we didn't win any licenses in that two or three month window, it, it's hard to say where Zip would be today. You know what I mean? And we all knew that. Like, we didn't talk about it, but we all knew that if we didn't win business, we we might be stuck. Um, but um, but uh, yeah. So that like the challenges were really just getting you know four or five people to coordinate their action their their writing in such a way that it delivered a coherent uh, tender application so like that was super hard managing people like we're all ballpark the same age so it's it's very different to you know your regular job where maybe you're working in a law firm and your boss is like 40 or whatever and they've got 20 years experience with this it was like I didn't have much more experience than anyone else. Um, I had, in during my internship year in, uh, in Ekenfoy, you do an internship, my year-long placement, I was working in um, the public sector strategy consulting team in KPMG, and I was working with a director who's now a partner um, on tender applications. So I pretty much spent, you know, 12, nine months there writing tenders. So I had about nine months experience in writing them, for the Irish market, I had never written one for the UK, but that was the experience I was writing off. It wasn't 20 years experience. Um, but so so that was definitely a challenge managing a team where I, I had no clear seniority. But like 
we were just so lucky because the team was just so great. Um, like, I mean, the interns we brought on yourself and uh, Lorcan and then bringing on Rob too, like all like amazing team players. Charlie like was just, is just like a great CEO, did such a good job that summer at keeping us all going, keep giving us the resources we needed. Yeah. Giving input when needed and in the background, you know, getting money for us, which was like, yeah. you know, I think that's, that's another huge achievement that Zip has achieved. The charity's ability to raise money is great and paint clearly what the Zip vision is to uh, yeah. external people. So, yeah, we just we just got lucky with a great team. And um, sorry, Ben as well, not to not to forget Ben. Um, people that yeah. wouldn't typically be writing um, a lot uh, and that sort of thing. So, um, no, it it did all come together. Yeah. And I think it's it's strange hearing you speak about it because I think when you're going through, you know, it was fight and flight. That's a good way of describing it because, you know, it was in the back of our heads that if this, if we didn't get that, then who knows what would be next. Um, and I think that, you know, kind of the overarching theme of this new podcast is, you know, going, not that no one from Ekenfy has ever gone into entrepreneurship, but I suppose you didn't choose the safest route. You definitely chose one that had the most risk. And even the fact that that whole summer, you know, you kind of were like, and then at some point you made the decision not to take the masters, but you knew that maybe this job wouldn't necessarily be there in six months. I think that was something you obviously to work with and have in your mind when you're working under pressure. Um, and did that ever, or had that impact or did you ever, was that ever a, kind of a thought system thought in your brain yeah definitely um like well for, first of all and, and this is one of my criticisms of entrepreneurship and i think one thing the entrepreneurship community could potentially think of solutions to do better at but it, it does remain a privilege for for many people to be able to take a job where there isn't job security because they're not, because i'll be frank like i'm from uh, you know, not a well-off background, but I'm not worrying about paying, you know, my mum's yeah. mortgage or something like that. So that's first a, a check on a privilege that I'd like to make that like, I didn't have to worry about any liabilities really or anything like that or looking or caring after others that don't have any, any kids or any any dependents I need to look after. So um, I first thought I was in a great position to be able to take on a risky job, a risky, a risky uh, avenue, something that I, uh, in a role that I might, you know, might have been there in 12 months or whatever. So first of all, I suppose I had that, but I'm, I'm for people that do have that level of comfort or aren't worried, you know, that much about um, that, that can take that risk early career. Um, I'm surprised more kind of don't do it really. Uh, like if you're thinking about it, like, there's only really your 20s where you can kind of take uh, these sorts of career risks, uh, you know, go, joining a startup, something that might fail. But like my advice would be like, uh, do it like, uh, like go think about what the worst could, in my head, it was kind of like, what's the worst can happen? Oh yeah, join Zip. I'll get an amazing experience working in this fast moving market for, for 12 months. If it doesn't work out, then I'll go do the next round of graduate interviews the following year um, or take up one of the offers for the masters and walking into the interview, I'll have 10 times as many stories to tell than, um, than, than anyone else um, interviewing for the same role. So um, uh, my, I would just say to people like, don't pay attention as much to the credentials that you might be getting from your role and, and, 
also consider the actual tangible experience you're going to get. Like, yeah, this brand name might sound great on your CV, um, uh, but you know, what kind of experience can I get? Is there other opportunities where I can work on something that interests me that I'm good at and I'll get lots of experience in? Consider them as well. But again, there's no catch-all advice. There's it's it's what works for different people. And just at that moment in in time, I was like, yeah, ready for to take a chance on this. But um, then again, like you, you view things as a chance, uh, but uh, you could say I was taking a chance on it. But I, I, on another level, like I kind of had a good feeling that we had a good chance as well in the back of my mind. Um, you know, like the the vision that Charlie set out of mobility done right is mm. a good a good one, and it's a differentiated one. And um, the decisions we made around what scooter to go with and what app and stuff like that were were winning decisions. So um, yeah, it might have looked like a risk to the outside, but I at so at some level was confident that we had a we had a decent rate of success. Yeah, it was a calculated risk. Um, yeah, it was well thought out. But, and that's probably a good note as we come to, I suppose, the end of this episode, you know, the idea that I think a lot of people, maybe not scared isn't the right word, but there definitely is a fear of, I suppose, jumping right from college to entrepreneurship when you have a safer option, like a graduate program, something that's structured. So I think your words, even if they inspire one person who has a real passion for, because I think from the way you've spoken and the way you speak about Zip, a passion is something you definitely would need. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but I think from hearing you talk, that's probably the one thing that is a prerequisite for joining a startup. You do need a bit of passion. You can't just kind of, you know, ride the wave. Yeah, yeah. You need to be bought in to the mission of the startup. And um, two things I know I want to be part of in uh, my uh, professional life, at least, is sustainability and like how do we decarbonize the our existing systems on this planet so that we don't you know lead to a complete ecological disaster in the next 20 to 30 years how, how can i contribute to that right this is scooters is a small thing but it's it's doing something right at least on Part of a bigger and picture. yeah and it, and look we mightn't be it's no, it's no silver bullet by any means but at least i'm on the flip side i'm not working uh with an enterprise that is contributing emissions which is another thing as well you know voting with your feet and where you're choosing to work is, yeah. is another way to, to have impact. So um like there's there's that. And then also like I'm just very passionate about the need to improve the quality of public services. Uh it, it, it really bothers me sometimes like how poorly delivered things like transport or or healthcare or education can be sometimes. And um, so being able to contribute to to one of those domains, transport and improve the quality of transport that people are getting um, is something that that really interests me. So that's what gets me, that keeps me going. When you're when you're down in the, the dark days and in a startup, there will be those days where you're like, God, like where are we going? What next? And that's where you go. And you mightn't go there consciously, but you, the part of your brain, that, that's what keeps you in there. So um, yeah, super important. And the great thing about startups is that there is so many of them. So if you have an interest in healthcare, there's a whole load of healthcare startups, some great ones. Actually, one of the interesting clusters we have in Ireland is medical devices around Galway. So many startups on that in that area. And um, in Ireland as well, if you're interested in e-commerce, you like shopping, well, then you've got <laughs> you've got Wayflower for that. Uh, if you are in, interested in um 
in, in food and food delivery and that kind of thing. Well, then Flipdish might be an interesting one. Um, if you're into encryption or 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 that or data privacy, well, then there's Evervault. Like if you're interested in something, there's going to be a startup working in that domain. So uh, yeah, uh, that there is there is a lot out there. It's just it's just harder to find because they don't come to UCD and present at the careers fair and tell you this is our graduate program. This is what you'll get salary. This is what you know, these are the, the extra curriculars you'll get to do, the CSR stuff you'll get to do on the side. There's none of that, but um, yeah, it, it takes a bit more effort to go find, but yeah. it's, uh, I'd encourage people to do it because it's um, it's 100% worth it. It's 100% worth it. It's a great way to, to start your career, a great way to get experience early on and and uh, also jump up the career ladder a few a few steps quicker than, than, uh, than maybe your peers who are in, say, for roles. Yeah, and I think that's probably a really nice um, note to end this episode on um, because I think even from the three months I spent there, I can testify to, I don't think I'll ever learn as much in such a short period of time, which is also a testament, as you noted, Will, to the team that was surrounding me, like yourself, Charlie, Ben, Rob, Dave, Lorcan, like it really was, you know, a fairly stellar team. So I think teamwork as well and who you who you choose to surround yourself with is very important. But thank you very much, Will. And I have no doubt that Zip is only destined for great things. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can we can get some scooter bikes on the Emerald Isle this year. So, uh, so our compatriots back home get to try the service. And thanks here for it. This is a great chat.